electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla at the New York Stock Exchange. Kramer and Faber are at uh, CNBC Global Headquarters today as we, too, begin changing the way we operate in the wake of the virus out of an abundance of caution. Futures limit down as the president restricts travel from Europe and the Dow bull market ends. Europe down 6 percent. We're going to get some ECB headlines over the next few moments. Ten year, 68 basis points. It was just a month ago today that we saw the Dow post a record closing high. Now in bear territory. Last night in his address to the nation, the president announcing that travel ban. The European Union failed to take the same precautions and restrict travel from China and other hotspots. As a result, a large number of new clusters in the United States were seeded by travelers from Europe. After consulting with our top government health professionals, I have decided to take several strong but necessary actions to protect the health and well-being of all Americans. To keep new cases from entering our shores, we will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight. David, Jim, we're going to talk about the president's address, uh, the markets obviously today. But really quick, uh, the fact that you're there and I'm here uh, just reflects the fact that the nature of work is is changing and will probably stay this way for some time to come. Yeah, it will, uh, Carl. You know, we are splitting up our teams in case something happens at the NYSE and or here so that we can obviously still do the show. That's the basics of it. And so Jim and I will be here together. And like everybody out there right now, we don't know how long, uh, Jim. We don't know if this is going to be something that's short term in nature or is going to take longer, which, of course, lends itself to the uncertainty that we've seen playing out in these capital markets now for the last couple of weeks and perhaps getting well, not perhaps getting a lot more. Uh, dangerous for the markets as a result of what occurred yesterday, last night, and obviously what we see today. Perfect. Exactly right. You know, Carl, I I think that uh, there are times for more radical action than we've seen in our careers, and this is one of them. I don't think it really involves the travel ban. I hate them or like them. Uh, President Trump, not really in sync with what we're doing, and, and I think that we can offer some leadership here, provided we stay healthy. Uh, Jim, you tweeted that you're working on uh, it sounded like a kind of a federal blueprint of yes. what should be done policy-wise. Can you talk about that? $500 billion immediate 30-year treasury by the federal government to be able to make sure that none of our essential industries stop. You know which ones. No need to point them out. They can do that today. Obviously, there's a huge amount of money available. We do need something like what Tom Friedman was talking about, which is President Trump huddling with the uh, Democratic Party, trying to figure out what to do. Secondly, the federal government should not be taking any money in whatsoever from any major company so the major companies can have the cash flow also with individuals so that they can have the cash flow. There's no need for the federal government to take any money in right now. Print the darn money. And then finally, we have to make sure that our um, let's just say that 
when we have uh, a situation where a company is going to be very strapped and go under, that company has to be able to tap the Treasury right now. It wouldn't be surprised if even the federal government, maybe through the Federal Reserve, has to buy corporate bonds. These are, these are, these are not normal times. You have to do this. The Treasury has the ability to do this, to order that we do not take any new money in. What we're dealing with now, Jim, of course, is companies that are doing whatever they can. We pointed this out yesterday, of course. I mean, going from buying back equity to potentially right. selling equity, right. extending maturities, pulling down revolvers, right. obviously, in the case but of that Boeing. But we the banking that. system. We can't do that. Can't. They have to be able to tap the U.S. Treasury. If you are in a position to draw down your credit line because you think there may be trouble coming, you do do it. And right. And, of course, that exacerbates the concern that you would but do then that. All that does is put a lot of pressure on the banking system when it's right time with Treasury rate rates where the rates right. where they are right. for the Treasury to step up. $500 um, billion to start. What you're trying you, to, you've got to have the federal government do more than just block travel. Because we're going to have a lot of companies that are basically not taking in much in terms of revenue. Right. So therefore, for, the federal government has to do it. A time that we don't know. We want to close the notion that you owe someone and that the federal government will do that. And then after all, we can find out who abused it. I don't want to hear any of that nonsense about, you know, that we've forgiven the wrong people like we did in 2008. Moral hazard. This is not moral hazard. This is physical hazard. So we think that we have to do these things. It's up to the federal government. Nobody's big enough to be able to handle the problem we have right now. So you want to avoid that chapter that we had early on uh, during the crisis, Jim, where there was a stigma in in, in asking for help and admitting that you needed help. Right. So we have to get rid of that. Now, fortunately, the rates are so low we can do this. We could be the strongest country on earth if we use the federal government's balance sheet, not necessarily the Federal Reserve, but the actual federal government. You know, everyone owes the government at all times. Everyone in this country, individuals, corporations, that has to be suspended right now so they have more money. Are these radical actions? You bet they are. Can they be done smoothly? Absolutely. Are we going to sit here and let so many companies go bankrupt because of an illness? I think that is stupid. This is the time for radical action, and the action can be done by the federal government. Once we settle that out and stop worrying about money, we can worry about health simultaneously. Right now, we can't do both. I see a number of companies in the S&P 500 that could easily go bankrupt in the next four weeks. Does that make any sense at all? No. We do not want to reformulate any corporation, let alone the large corporations, because they cannot get paid. How do you make an airplane with so many suppliers when the suppliers, this is, of course, the largest export we have, when, some, when people at the suppliers, of course, get sick? The federal government could tide us over here. I, I don't want everything closed. I want everything to work smoothly. And the only way to work smoothly is to take advantage of what the rates are and for the federal government to borrow as much as possible and then give it to us. This can be returned after we get healthy. Do we want to come in here every day and see which CEO is taken down by this illness? How many workers are taken down? No. What we have to do is be able to say, you know what, no matter what, the country will keep running because money is not a necessity at this time. Have you seen any signs at all from our leaders in Washington and this administration that they believe the problem is as significant as you think it is? Absolutely not. They know nothing. They know nothing. Right. We know more than they do. And that's not acceptable either. I want the federal government to know more than me. All right? I hear you. I I knew more than they did in 2007, and I know more than they do now. And it is disappointing. Perhaps they should talk to more leaders, and leaders can be more candid. But this is a situation where if everybody takes down the revolver, David, at the same time, 
we're not going to be worried about the companies to take down the revolver. So we need need someone who understands and just says, you know what, it's not panic. It's not moral hazard. There's none of that. We need to make the country work smoothly while we get the kits. And if we then we get the kits, then we can be like South. Geez, we can be like South Korea. I mean, come on, we're a major country. I don't think the problem is people coming in from Luxembourg. No, it doesn't appear to be. The virus is here. There's no doubt. And the question is whether it's spreading. We had Larry Kudlow on last week. He said it's relatively contained. We took him. That was nice. Uh, yeah, we uh, obviously discussed that with him and tried to counter that perception. That's going to be a key here. Carl, I do want to get back to you because I know we've also got some news coming out of D.C. that we want to get to as well. Yeah, uh, we're going to watch policy all day, guys, uh, especially in the House as they uh, float this uh, new support bill. In fact, uh, we're getting some news regarding Mnuchin and Pelosi. For that, we'll go to Elon Mui. Good morning, Elon. Good morning, Carl. Well, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi did speak with Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin this morning about the Democrats' bill to provide targeted aid to workers who have been impacted by this crisis. Now, the call lasted for about 16 minutes, and though yesterday both administration officials and Democrats signaled hope that there could be some sort of bipartisan package, I am told that Republicans have several hang-ups with the actual bill text, and it includes that it does not have uh, a payroll tax cut in the bill. There's also no increased authority for SBA loans. Those are two things the president had called for last night. It also does not include Hyde Amendment protections for diagnostic labs. Those are provisions that have to do with federal funding for abortions. And there's also concern about the size of the federal match for the Medicaid expansion. Now, it is unclear at this time if any of these will be deal breakers. The House is planning to vote on this bill later on this afternoon. Guys, we will hear from the top Republican in the House, Kevin McCarthy, at 10 a.m. this morning. So perhaps he will provide more clarity on where the GOP stands then. Back over to you. Elon, uh, how much are we fighting the clock uh, regarding recess? And is McConnell showing any signs of favoring one side or the other? Well, on your first question, uh, House Democrats uh, in the House is scheduled to go on recess after uh, the votes today. So uh, the House will not be here to vote on perhaps any amended bill that could uh, come down from the Senate. So there are some logistical procedural hurdles to consider there. As for McConnell, he has said that this is something that needs to be worked out between the White House and between Nancy Pelosi. They are the ones who are going to drive the narrative. They're going to shape what this legislation looks like. And so he's really put the ball in their court. Elon Moy, we'll come back to you uh, later on the, this morning. Unless, uh, unless Jim and David, you got questions. Obviously, it's going to be a congressional story uh, in a few moments when we get uh, Lagarde headlines. It'll be a yep. monetary and maybe fiscal story too. Yeah, if, well, and, I'm sorry. No, and obviously, Carl. Also, we're going to be focused on the markets when we open uh, 20 minutes from now. Um, limit down potentially. We'll yeah. see if we get another halt as we did earlier this week of 15 minutes. You know, Jim, something else has come up, uh, not as much on the equity side, but we have changed the way we do our work here. But we're not alone on trading desks across the country. Yeah. Uh, firms now have people working from remote locations, from home. The equity markets where things are so computerized, it's not right. as big a deal. But the fixed income markets, where it's still sometimes about negotiating yes, it uh, and it's about how much capital you have, it, it could be a bit clunky today right. at a time when you wouldn't want it to be as everybody sort of gets their system, their new system up and running uh, right. because they're not together on trading floors. And that's happening as well. Noon Tuesday uh, after Black Monday, Federal Reserve might come out and say, listen, we're going to provide all the liquidity necessary. Uh, Chairman Greenspan just basically assuring 
that the market's not going to go to zero. Uh, at that point, we were probably at about 1400 on the Dow. No one really knew what the prices were. Uh, that he was able to restore order. Uh, it helped. I think that this is one of those situations. I don't think it's a World War I situation where we have to close. But I do think you're absolutely right. The fixed income market's so much bigger than the equity market. And we do need to know that there is liquidity. We do need to know that anybody, any large corporation that may actually have, let's say, an attack of coronavirus so they can't produce in the machinery side and the industrial side can still be able to meet payroll. This is a different time, David. Uh, the, all the companies that I speak to are trying to figure out whether their employees are healthy, but they don't have kits. I know that there's, and not being facetious, I know that there are kits available. Uh, if you have 100 degrees and a dry cough, you can't get a kit, a kit in this country, in, in New York City, if you're young. But we need to have the ability to be able to tell who's sick and who's not so that we don't close the infrastructure of this country. And if we do that, then no one can pay any bills. That means that every institution is threatened. I don't think that they realize right now that they have the ability in the federal government, the only, the only entity that's big enough to make it so large corporations can get through the next 60 days, and then we can be able to take control of it. Uh, governors are exerting leadership. But, but gov- and corporations have been exerting leadership. Well, they well, want to. They've but, been ahead in many ways. But they owe money. Given in terms of trying to change behaviors. I mean, this is. But uh, we could bankrupt the airline industry in 60 days. Does that make any sense at all? These are great companies, great workers. It's no longer just making sure that the workers get paid right. because the companies all run a cat. Our country is run on credit. And uh, we do not have a situation where all the credit can be made available. No. And Only Carl, the federal government has that ability. If they can borrow at virtually zero, understood. well, this is a good time. Right. And, Carl, we are going to be keeping, obviously, the equity markets are foremost for us many times because we can watch those changes in real time. But we are going to keep keeping a close eye on the credit markets as well. Certainly liquidity there, what companies are doing. Said it yesterday, we'll continue to. Many are being advised, pull down a revolver if you have any any thought or chance that it's going to be a difficult period for you and you have that ability to do it, do it. And so that's what Jim is talking about as well, Carl. Uh, indeed. Uh, and energy at, uh, with $30 uh, West Texas. But the, the, the key will be, David, as you guys have said, uh, whether or not that migrates to other sectors that are less exposed to energy. Jim, you mentioned um, companies seeing a big cash flow interruption. And we haven't mentioned Carnival yet, but they were halted earlier this morning. News came out. Princess Cruises announces a voluntary and temporary pause of global ship operations for 60 days. So that's exactly the thing you're talking about. Well, well, we want that company to stay in business. It's certainly in the interest of the country because they have thousands of employees uh, per ship. Uh, should that company be put out of business because, say, a 60-day uh, problem with the United States, with, uh, with uh, Corona, I think that would be unfortunate. Uh, but you, know, you have odd things right now. For instance, David Abney stepping down. Carol Tomei, excellent handful. Well, yeah, former CFO of, of somebody you've Home always uh, you've always said is, was excellent at her job as CFO at Home she Depot. Underst- a longtime board member. Right. Yes, she understands finance. So why do you need someone who understands finance? Because what you need is to try to figure out what your position is. Think about that Boeing control down of a credit line. Okay. Did Boeing need that money right now? Boeing is being very smart because we are in a situation, and you hate to use this term, but. Every man for and woman for themselves. And we got to get away from that. We don't need a foot race to go race to take money from J.P. Morgan. Norwegian Cruise Line takes down, what, 675? 
you, you know, if Jamie, unfortunately, I hope Jamie gets better. But if you had a leader in the banking industry, uh, they met with the president who would come out and say, listen, we met with Treasury and there's no problem. You don't need to draw down every revolver because we have money available at almost zero interest rates by the federal government. Right. You operate as business as usual. You have people who are sick. You send them home. If you can work at home, great. But if you have to work at work like fixed income, you can't build planes at home. No. Largest exporter. So let's just do things different. Let's just not look. It's great. You want to say that the Europeans, you know, that they're they're did something wrong. Well, fine. Let's forgive them and we'll all get in a room and work together. Do we have to if there is any name calling of Democrats right now or if there's any bad will by the Democrats to the president? This is the kind of situation where maybe that should be waived. I don't want to read in my Twitter feed about sleepy this and angry that. And I don't want to see the Democrats castigating the president. It's a nice time to be able to get together. Well, that's asking a lot. Well, I, it's time to ask for a lot. We can sit here and just act like it's business as usual as we come to this set in Englewood because we don't want to get sick. Is that business as usual? No. And I think people are acting as if it's business as usual as they were in NBA. They're sitting there cheering. A player is literally giving this disease to other people, and we're just watching it on TV. No. Thank heavens for Mark Cuban recognizing it's a different time. Carl, you know, that has been something we've been talking about for a while now in terms of the different behaviors people are adapting and the fact that you actually need a broad swath of the population to sort of agree that it will change its behavior significantly if we are going to successfully stop or slow the spread of, uh, of the coronavirus right. around the country. I know. I know that that footage of Rudy of the Utah Jazz touching the microphones yeah. uh, is uh, is disturbing. Uh, I've had I've had friends even this morning saying I'm finally starting to believe uh, in this virus. Uh, and then Gottlieb, Jim, you mentioned uh, his Twitter thread this morning, which is amazing. He talks about how important it is. He says basically our chance to avoid uh, we've lost our chance to right. be South Korea. Now the idea is avoiding becoming Italy through aggressive screening and through the acceptance that social distancing is real. And it's going to be needed. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of jarring to see the uh, NBA player be as selfish as he was and kind of other real. I mean, look, if you want to have a Stephen King story, you've got a you get a player given the, given the disease to everybody. Uh, what I also was shocked at is that we have this biogen cluster, which shows you some of the most sophisticated people in health. Uh, and what were they doing? They're acting as business as usual. And they've now become the uh, they've now become the uh, let's say the New England official distributor of the disease. I mean, this, this kind of callous and stupid behavior has to end right now. And the only way to do that is, for, again, through the federal government. We could have 50 different governors say, you know what? Like the Civil War, we're going to be a state's rights country. But you can't do that because no governor is powerful enough. No, although well, governors government have issue. tried to take the lead without a doubt. And Absolutely. a number of them in, in quite a few states have said no gatherings. I mean, prior to the but NBA suspension, the state? state of Washington, obviously, was a question as to they were not going to allow that. So the Mariners, right. for example, in Seattle, were going to have to find right. a, another place to potentially play uh, their baseball games. Right. None of that's my, happening. Right. No, excuse my ignorance over the states versus the federal South Korean government, but they seem to recognize the central government is important, as do the Chinese. We don't want any of these draconian methods. We're a democracy. I understand that. But it is time to be able to say, you know what, I am not going to allow gatherings. I mean, you know, is baseball trying to figure it out? Or like trying to hockey? Well, everybody's trying to figure it well, out. Well, you, you know, know what? And, it, we, and unfortunately, yes, but I'm saying that's a, entities. A dearth of information has contributed to the inability to figure it out. Well, a well, series I, of, of owners are trying to figure Who the hell are they? Well, 
Look, I mean, NCAA is trying it a slightly different way with limited uh, participation from crowds. Uh, Squawk talked to Cuban a few moments ago. We all know uh, how he got that news on his phone last night. Here's what he said, guys. Nobody at the Dallas Mavericks is an expert on infectious diseases or their spread. And so this is not a situation where you fake it to your make it or try to sound or act important. Um, the NBA has hired people with expertise in those areas, and they're working with people from the government um, um, and other expert areas, other people with expertise. And so we have to defer to them, and that's exactly what we'll do. And, you know, um, if the NBA, you know, effectively, if one player, two players, whatever it is, already have it you know we'll have to act accordingly and i think the nba made the right decision well there's guys we're going to watch we're going to watch nike today Uh, there's members of real madrid who were in quarantine uh, this morning according to the news wires and then cuban also jim said that uh, he checked his insurance last night doesn't cover this Right. I mean, well, this then what should happen here? Don't you think that the Federal Reserve should guarantee that all existing credit lines will be honored and backed up and guaranteed by the Fed? So there is no need for companies to panic and draw down all their credit lines. We have to stop panic. And the way we do it is financially. Not everybody is sophisticated as Mark Cuban. You offer some uh, some very good thoughts. But this is like a credit run on the bank situation. And it can be ended. Can you imagine if the federal government just said, you know what, we're going to back up. The Federal Reserve, Jay Powell comes out this morning, which he must, and say, look, we're going to guarantee these credit lines so there's no need to panic. Remember, no one is saying that this is something that lasts forever. Right. No, this will pass. Scott Gottlieb, it will. It's, uh, we don't know how long, but it will. Without a doubt, it will. Well, then why don't we guarantee things so that four months from now we don't have every major company in Chapter 11? Well, we're not going to have every major company in Chapter okay, 11. Okay, we don't there want that. There is going that. to be a cessation we- in revenues for a number of companies, certainly those that okay, are— so- incredibly poorly positioned for an economy in terms of but, where people gather and or travel. Right, but no one has insurance for a coronavirus. So why not just take the emergency measure that says, you know what, for the duration, we will do this. And then you pay the money back or you will have to file Chapter 11. I just hate to see that it's an act of, of God, not this country or that country, an act of God makes it so that so many companies go under and someone has to speak for these companies and say, you know what, this is something that we need the federal government for, not J.P. Morgan. This is not J.P. Morgan and Bank of America. So who initiates that, Jim? Is that Secretary Mnuchin calling up Jay Powell? I mean, are we, are we talking about what we saw during, obviously, the financial crisis? I think that's good. Last time I can remember being in this building on a regular well, it, basis. It's a 9-11. It's a, uh, we don't want it to be a World War I. Uh, you know, the way things close. But, you know, Carl, I think it's a 9-11. Like, it's an all-hands-on-deck 9-11. I know yeah, the, the yeah. president did say, listen, it's not a time for Democrat and Republican. I think that's terrific. But only the Federal Reserve is big enough to guarantee the credit lines. Only the Treasury can be able to issue that much money with, in conjunction with Congress. Why can't you borrow $500, $500 billion to make it so everybody goes to work and knows that they're going to get paid? Maybe now, maybe three weeks from now. But it would sure make this country feel better. Because right now you have a lot of people who probably go to work who are sick because the last thing they want to do is get fired because there's not yep. enough money. I mean, does Boeing have to have layoffs? I, you don't want that. I'm focused on Boeing because that's very sophisticated, but the largest exporter. We, we just want to make it so that if you're sick, you go home and you're not going to be afraid that you're fired. And that if you're a treasurer, you're a CFO in a major company, that you do not feel like you have to draw down and therefore put different banks at risk. You know that there's a fund from the United States which is borrowing 
going, of course, at pretty much at zero, like Warren Buffett. And then I think that would be it's not going to be business as usual, but we'd be worried about our health, not our financial health. We've got to take yep. the financial health off the table. But again, only the federal government is big enough. And then we worry about our health and then we beat this thing. And we can beat it with American ingenuity. We'll beat it with science. We'll beat it with the Manhattan-like project. We'll beat it with people like Dr. Gottlieb, with right. Dr. Fauci, with the best people. But we've got to take the financial thing off the table or else all we're going to be talking about is this company or that company filing Chapter 11. And that right, is right. not good. Uh, it's a, yep, time is of the essence uh, and opportunity is, is now, uh, as many argue, Jim. We're going to watch 2549. That would be your first circuit breaker. For more on this, we'll get to Bob Pisani this morning. Hey, Bob. And uh, Carl, going to be a very busy morning. A lot of people moving around to see, get that open uh, right here this morning. I just want to review, of course, we've been noting the uh, S&P futures have been limited down, down 5%, and that is the, the standard that we use here, up or down 5%. Uh, you lock, you can trade uh, below uh, that uh, above uh, below that uh, at any time, but not uh, 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 below above it. That as you can see here during the regular trading hours, the futures go to down 17, seven, excuse me, 13 and 20 percent. As with the cash markets here, uh, a lot of people have been saying that we're limit down, but the ETF business continues to trade. So uh, the ETF like SPY that you see up here has been trading all throughout uh, the morning. Here we went out at 274, and you can see here it's trading around 255. This supplies an open of down about 6.9%. So it's not like we don't have any idea what's going to happen. We can see what the markets are doing here uh, because of the ETF business, which is probably just a very good guy. Let's just review those circuit breakers again. Remember, we did hit that uh, first level one circuit breaker on Monday. We were halted at 9.33 for 15 minutes. That's exactly what the circuit breaker is designed to do. Reopened uh, again at 9.48 or 49. Uh, level two would kick in at down 30, 13%. That would also halt for 15 minutes. Level three would halt uh, down 20%. That would halt the rest of the day. Now, there are time limits on this. You're down 7%. You halt. You restart again. If it goes back down 7%, you don't halt again. You only get one halt at 7%. After that, you go to down 13% to halt. After 325, there is no halt until 4 o'clock at the close unless you're down 20%. I know that's a little convoluted, but we'll go through that all throughout the day. People keep asking me, why are we getting this wild action overnight? I've been saying for days, what moves the market is oil, coronavirus, and fiscal stimulus. Overnight, we had at least some obviously good news that there seems to be agreement on the need to do something on the fiscal stimulus front. The bad news is there's no agreement on the substance, on the size, or the time. And it's not clear if any fiscal stimulus is imminent or that it will be sufficient. These are questions that the market's dealing with right now. We don't know. And remember, of course, Congress itself may or may not be leaving town fairly soon. And that greatly complicates the situation. We've got four minutes to go to the opening. I'll be here on the floor watching the action. Guys, back to you. Thank you very much. Uh, Jim, you mentioned Boeing earlier this morning. It's such an important story, uh, and it brings to mind the J.P. Morgan call today, uh, where they go to neutral. Uh, they say uh, we'll reevaluate when we have a better sense of how B.A. will get through this, and we do expect them to get through. I think that's right. Greg Smith, the CFO, is doing remarkable things. He did draw down the revolver. I'm sure some people therefore said he's panicked. That's ridiculous. I mean, here's what he's worried about. He's worried about someone getting sick at the Everett facility. I mean, again, I don't want to. We've got to stop conflating money and health. 
we got to take money off the table. I don't want to see a situation where companies have to cancel their dividend. I understand in oil it's already happening because of an illness, because we can make it so that we get through this without that much problem. Boeing doing the prudent thing, but I am sure the people say, well, wait a second. Is Boeing, they don't have planes, they don't have customers. Dave and I were talking right. about because the, the aircrafts, all yep. the airplane companies, the, all the aerospace companies, the whole chain is is in play. It is. And you need to have that off the table. All I'm trying to do, Carl, and I'm, you know, I, I have to be a little more exuberant than I'd like to be, is to make it so that we don't have a series of companies who stop paying bills and therefore are Chapter 11. We need a system which says if you stop paying bills, well, the federal government will guarantee that loan. Uh, Boeing takes that revolver down because it, it's not life or death. The company's too smart. But I'm focused on Boeing, by the it's way, not. just to be understand. But you do the largest a, exporter we have. Without a doubt. One of our most important, if not most important, companies right. when it comes to employees and when it comes to exports. You do act to do that, though, in order to make sure that you're in a position, as, as advantageous a position as you can be in, Jim. Right, but we don't want to. Given the volatility and what's coming but at you. Let's say everybody decided, you know what, I have a revolver at XYZ Bank, and they pull it. They, that's, they exercise. That's the advice, though. That's what well, you were told that's to every, do. But that's every man for himself. That we have to get away from. Whoever wins the foot race, Carl, to be able to take down the money, well, well that means that there's a bank that's going to have liquidity listen, issues. Our, but our you banks are so much better capitalized well, in every way than they were. But why not just make it so period? that that's not in question? Why not make it so that the company's credit lines are guaranteed by the Federal Reserve? Because then you wouldn't need to take them. Right, right. So what this is you, where Jay exactly. Powell, Jay Powell can if you step know up. it's there, yeah. right? Jay Powell's not he's independent. It's great daytime. Jay should call. Jay should have a press conference and say, "Listen, we understand there's a lot of chaos out there, but we're not going to let the financial part of our country d- uh, delay getting kits so that everybody can be tested. We are going to make sure that you don't need to draft that credit line, but if you do do it, we'll guarantee it, and then you'll return it. We'll return it after people are back and, at work." And- and that way we take and it can, off the table, Carl. And, and can Lagarde make uh, uh, concurrent reassurances? I don't know why not. We, need to, we do not want many companies filing bankruptcy like you know we'll see in the next two weeks if, because they have something that maybe will pass or be solved, except for then those companies are going to be in liquidation or they're going to be in reorganization. That is not the way our country works. Our country needs to be able to say it's all systems go. Everybody's going to test, get a test kit. We'll do drive through all over the place. It's very hard to get test kits now. We get testing, testing, testing. And in the meantime, the Federal Reserve steps up and Treasury steps up and makes it so your company can still pay you. And that takes something off the table that is crisis. We've got to eliminate financial crisis so we can focus on the health, health crisis. crisis. Without a doubt. Carl, we got the bell there. We'll send it back to you for that. Yep. Uh, we're going to take comfort, guys, in some of the uh, rituals, like applause at the opening bell. Let's do it. S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big board today. It is Interprivate Acquisition Corp., a blank check company, celebrating its recent listing at the NASDAQ, the St. Baldrick's Foundation, funder of childhood cancer research grants. All right. So we'll be watching here uh, for early circuit breakers and... Right. What's our 25, number? 2560. Okay, 2560. so we're... Yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, there we go. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. You know, guys, while we watch and wait, I mean, this idea, Jim, of a national holiday right. being declared uh, a week, two weeks, where you close the markets. I mean, I know this sounds I know, crazy, I did, and I yet there are more and more people who I think are sort of of that belief, where the government pays the payrolls and... and uh, 
You know, the U.S. focuses on health. Right. I mean, it's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and I mean, everybody yeah. just backs up and we have and that's right. it. The we markets hear, are, are, hear, right. are, uh, are closed. The banks can only disperse money. Right. Well, well look, we keep, you know, sounds extreme. feedback, moral hazard. Jim, you're recommending communism. I mean, geez, stay focused. This is about the idea that we can keep people solvent enough so that there will be, and companies solvent enough so we can test everybody and get back to work. I don't know whether, whether holiday is correct, David, because I think that you don't want interruption. You don't want people, like, let's say if you don't do a holiday. Right. What do you do with dividends? Wouldn't you, can't, you know, isn't the prudent advice of every board of directors to cancel the dividend? Is that right? A lot of people live on dividends. It is, but it's every man for himself but out there. we don't there. want it's, every man it's, for himself. It's pull down your revolver. <laughs> So do whatever you have to do to make sure you survive. Your Understood. fiduciary duty demands that you do that. But this is driven entirely by an illness, not by our backs. And not by, we, not by missteps. Why should we season. have to, why should our country be punished and so many people lose their jobs by an illness when we can guarantee for a 60-day period all these credit lines? What's the matter with that? Tell me what is that? Is it, someone's, is it communist? You know what it is? It's responsible. We cannot have people, we have to have people go home if they're not feeling well. We have to have people do that. But most people would say, if I do that, I could get fired. I won't have my paycheck. So how about we tide people over in this great country while we get over the sickness and win and beat? How soon do we need something like that to start to come into place? Well, look, if I said now, then people would say, well, that's so-called panic. I do think that, well, what we, you know, Carl, what we want to do, we should be talking about, about companies and stocks. I'm looking at the stock market, and I'm just saying, is it really, well, you know, is this the moment where we're supposed to pick? I mean, I had two stocks last night. I, I said, buy Verizon and Pfizer. Well, there you are. There's two out of, what, 6,000? <laughs> yeah. Well, Jim, you did talk about yesterday getting back to the December 18 lows. Yes. On the Dow, that would put you at 21,792. So, a so couple hundred go, points yeah. away. Yeah. I mean, um, tactically, Jim, yeah. how interesting is this? Well, this is the moment when uh, Jay Powell, who is a terrific guy, can come out and say, you know what, I see what's happening. Not like, remember when Ben Bernanke went on, of all things, 60 Minutes, talked about his father in the drugstore in Dillon, South Carolina, and just said, look, this isn't good. we're not going to let this happen anymore. And the run stopped. The run stopped before we had to nationalize the banking system. Well, look at how things are now. It turned out to be great. Well, you know what? Maybe the run should stop. Maybe Chairman Powell comes out and say, you know what? We've surveyed the situation. We are so in control and we will make do the credit lines. You can stop going to the banks and beating each other to revolvers because we don't want companies to go out of business because of of some illness that we don't understand very well. Maybe we just do it until we all have kits. You know, kits is that, you know, kits do matter. They do. China had kids. South Korea had kids. Understanding how many people have it, making sure that they are quarantined and that we can slow and stop the spread of the virus is certainly a key. We've lost any chance of a lead that we might have had in doing that. That's been pointed out by any number of our health experts, including Scott Gottlieb, of course, former FDA commissioner, who's a frequent guest here. Very good. Um, And or, uh, you know, Carl, that I mean, we get back to that. The uncertainty simply by the virtue of the fact that we have no idea how quickly uh, it will spread or whether there is really an ability to sort of slow or stop it. And the concern, once again, of course, about this idea of the healthcare system trying at the very least to slow the spread of the virus, Carl, right. so that you don't overwhelm that system. Right. Flatten well. the curve. Make it so that not everybody goes to the hospital at once, that they can be able to go home if they have to and we get the tests. We don't want to overwhelm. By the way, of course, the federal government should say to the public health care, anybody in any state, 
any public health system that's running out of money or needs help, we're there for you. Again, these things are all extraordinary, but it's going to make it so we pass. It passes. You can't do it all at once because then every hospital's overrun. I mean, yeah. look, we want, to, we want to be South Korea. We do not want to be Italy. China is a communist dictatorship. We're not going to be that. South Korea democracy, they seem to be doing very well. Italy got behind the curve. We can still get in front of this thing if we can just have all out uh, to Manhattan Project, warlike right. fitting. Right. This footing, this is not, look, we want to make it so it's not scared. Yeah, well, we needed an address from the nation last night that then perhaps would have said a lot of concrete things that it couldn't have been, could be done instead of just banning travel from, from Europe, I'm not, not gonna, the U.K. I'm not, gonna Europe. I'm not going to criticize the president. All these leaders have to get together. Congress going on vacation, that's got to stop. You know what's going to happen if we don't get this under control? There won't be a federal, there will not be an election because too many people will be sick to vote. Yes, okay, absentee ballot. We gotta get back to business as usual, and we gotta take the financial thing off the table by Jay Powell, just me not, see, I keep hearing Guys, he's gonna cut Jim, rates. there it is. There's the circuit breaker, oh, uh, 2549, 48, and, and the bell. So we'll wait here, uh, we'll suspend trading for 15 minutes. Oh, we got 15 minutes. we'll see what happens after right. that. I mean, again, like, look, I'm a stock guy. I wanna be able to say, during this 15 minutes, this is the time to take a very hard look at buying Coca-Cola. Okay, I mean, Coca-Cola is good. They can pay the dividend, whatever. But that's not what we can do. We need to have it so that we're not concerned that they can pay a dividend. Well, Jim, you talk about not criticizing the president. Uh, The EU statement last night, uh, the EU disapproves of the decision that was taken unilaterally and without consultation. Uh, The coronavirus is a global crisis, and it requires cooperation rather than unilateral action. How much... I'm just reluctant. How much are you watching the, the dynamics? China well, sending aid to Italy. Yeah. We're telling uh, the EU that they can't come in. People say that will have implications for, you mentioned Boeing, uh, 5G Huawei down the road, things like that. Well, I just didn't want to throw, you know, throw uh, acetylene on a, on a campfire. I mean, I, I'm trying to be less critical and more constructive because I, I wish that we just trying to set a tone for Washington. Look, I'm nobody. I'm a TV guy. I'm 65 years old. I want to be able to get stay healthy like everybody else. But I've been around for a long time and I just see things that could uh, indicate that we are making so that companies are able to pay bills and other bills are being able to pay by other companies. And I can I say that President Trump did this or that in a speech? Eh, You know, I'm just kind of in in that mode, which is if we all get together, we can be like everybody except for one senator voted against fighting the World War II against uh, after Pearl Harbor. I don't want to do that. It it is worth I mean, it's funny being back in this building, of course, where I spent so many years. uh, 1998, the crisis there, it was that we dealt with. Um, long-term capital going under, obviously, you had Russian, the, the Thai bot and the Fed stepping in. Um, the dot-com bubble bursting right. was fairly painful, although yes. quite orderly. Uh, and then, of course, the financial crisis as well. We do get through these things, Jim. Right, we do. We, we do. do. Um, no, absolutely. I just like to do it not in chapter 11. And here we are, you know, years later, uh, after... 11 strong years were right. oh, relatively strong. People Let's say we adopted a John Russell, uh, the Lord John Russell, uh, Irish potato famine strategy, which just says, listen, it's really about charity. Queen Victoria writes a check for a couple mil, and we all move on, and one quarter of the people in Ireland die, even though they're, they're exporting beef to, the, to, to England. We do not want to do that. I do have to take this call. Just one moment. Okay, yeah, all right. go ahead Thank you. and do that. Jim Kramer. Take off your uh, mic. Um, yeah, J- Carl, Jim had to step away. An important call there, I think, that he wants to take that could be helpful. Yeah. 
Um, uh, I mean, on a micro level, David, a lot of the things we've been talking about um, sort of as notions are playing out in very specific terms. Take Twitter today. Uh, before, they had been encouraging their workers around the, all around the world uh, to work from home. Today, it's a mandate. Right. Uh, they do not. They are not letting employees yeah. come into the office. That's on global operations. I saw a flash headline on J.P. Morgan, the same thing in New York City. Uh, so, you know, whether it's cross-border travel, splitting their teams, we're one good example of that, David, or now mandating that there's work from home. I mean, these uh, on a... On a business front, uh, corporates have really taken this and led with it. They have, and they have been for weeks now. We've been noting that, of course, the likes of Google, for example, which decided to tell its North American employees a few days ago not to, to think about not coming to work, over 100,000 of them, Carl. And by the way, if you were in one of these industries that is particularly having a rough go of it, of course, in airlines or, any, or a company that is face front to the consumer, you're a CEO. You're dealing with your concerns about your business. At the same time, you're also trying to protect your employees and make decisions, frankly, that you've never really had to deal with completely. And so there are any number of things coming at you right now uh, that are not insignificant in terms of how you position your business, Carl. But we have seen the lead come from corporate America here. I think there's no doubt about that. A lack of leadership from the federal government, um, I think, is fair think to point out has been the case here. I think that's about to change, David. Okay. Well, that would be helpful. Yeah, I do believe that they'll uh, enact some of the ideas I just talked about earlier. Um, I think that they will perhaps consider the idea that the federal government should, does not need to be paid during this period. So, therefore, the people, the working people get paid and are protected. I think that they're debating the notion about whether they should have a uh, trust fund. Uh, that they also debating the notion right now about whether the Federal Reserve uh, should be able to guarantee credit lines. Uh, the, the Treasury Trust Fund would indeed perhaps uh, take advantage of the lower rates and make it so that people feel that their, their credit lines would be backed up. I believe that, these, uh, that some of these, plan these plan plans that I mentioned are being debated right now. And I would I feel only, better. I would, that, you know, what, I think what the markets would ask for is clarity, Jim. You're going to get clarity. Because you don't want a series of announcements that then become... Um, uncertain as to whether they're true or not or whether they're going to happen. Right. Uh, some well, of the announcements last night from the president that actually then had to be walked back because they weren't complete. You want, if and when we hear from our financial leadership, one would hope that it is a clear plan that outlines exactly what they're going to do and there's no doubt it's going to happen. Uh, no, there's no doubt. And I think that the pro you can't just convene everyone at once, but they are no. convening right now to try to figure out no Democrat, no Republican, just leadership. No need to criticize. Once again, no need to criticize. The idea of when you criticize federal FDR at particular moments, you sure do look like historically like a damn fool. So I think that some of these plans that I have would be able to make it so that there's a little less pressure on the system will be adopted or at least be uh, uh, if I can if we can if we can continue to if I can persuade them. Um, Extraordinary if, in fact, any of those things were to happen. They were, they're they they're debating right now. Anything we've, we've seen. Now, we've always seen, we have seen during the financial crisis. I mean, I, Carl, you can remember every day we'd be here, there would be another plan. There would be something else that went into effect. True, we're trying backing to avoid commercial that. paper, backing up. I mean, all of those different things, which eventually did stabilize the system. <laughs> I mean, I can remember sitting over there in that corner the night that Lehman went out. Um, and, and then the weeks that followed and AIG. And well, they're not going to let that happen. Right. They've seen it. Secretary Mnuchin has seen it. The president doesn't want it to happen. Yep. 
Uh, can everyone get together politically to have to waive the funds that are due the Treasury? Remember, every company and individual owes the federal government at all times. Why does the federal government need to take that money in right now? This is not about a payroll tax because people who don't have jobs don't have to this worry about, about that. It's about preserving capital these corporations. preserving capital of corporations and individuals. Right. The government has the ability to say, you know what, we are going to waive those right now. Treasury Secretary can absolutely guarantee $500 billion fund. Yep. And the Federal Reserve can say all credit lines should be backed up. So don't take them down. Carl, I want to send it, it would back be over good to, you. to avoid uh, the drama that we had over TARP and cash for those three, and, de- those three issues are being yeah. debated right now. I have confidence that they're going to be able to at least uh, talk about them in a, in a civil and sophisticated way to be able to reach some sort of conclusion that's going to save the stock market. Let's hope so, Jim. Uh, uh, we appreciate your uh, leadership on that. Uh, we'll see what headlines come as a result just of an old conversations guy you may be much. having. Let's get to Bob Bassani and see what the floor looks like this morning. Hey, Bob. And, of course, uh, everyone preparing for the reopen, uh, which will happen at 9.50 a.m. Uh, we are here with Stacey Cunningham, of course, who runs the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, Stacey, I'm tempted to say we have to stop meeting like this. We did this on Monday when we had a first trading halt in a long time. Uh, what's going on right now? What can we expect when we reopen? Just just like Monday, we're giving the market 15 minutes to process the, the, down, the down movement. Uh, we'll pause for 15 minutes and we'll reopen stocks. And it, it's working as it's designed to function so that the market can absorb what news was out overnight, how investors are reacting, so they can make decisions and, and everyone gets a chance to, to see what's happening. Everyone was uh, commenting about when the market reopened on Monday, uh, it did what it was supposed to do. Uh, it uh, gathered liquidity. And when we reopened, the VIX was down a little more. There was a little bit of a, a, a buying uh, a rush. Uh, no idea if that'll happen this time, but it certainly accomplished what it was supposed to do. Yeah, they worked as designed. It, it gives an opportunity for trading to come back to a centralized place, reopen, and, and see where we go from there. Now, the traders you see them behind us running around trying to figure out what the opening indications are, uh, can you just describe how this will actually happen? Will this be a quasi a manual process or will be it electronic, essentially? What's going to happen behind us? Yeah, it's a combination. The, the market model here at the New York Stock Exchange allows for human judgment to open stocks, and, and that's a critical part of the time of day. So we apply a lot of human judgment during that period. If the stock is opening in line, they can automate that and it can happen in a fully electronic way. But when their stock is being dislocated, there are more stocks that we actually want to apply that human judgment because they open with less volatility and, and ultimately investors get better prices. Now, we heard last night uh, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange was closing its trading floor. Uh, that's a very small part of their overall business. Obviously, they can operate electronically, but so can the New York Stock Exchange. I know, of course, we've been saying for a long time the NYSE has business contingency plans in place for decades in the event the floor can't open for snowstorms or floods or, in this case, uh, some, other, some other situation. Can you describe the NYSE's business contingency plans to us right now and, and what the situation is? Sure. There's a spectrum of plans that we could roll out at any point in time. And so we've already taken some steps to limit exposure in the building just by separating people and separating communities so that the people on the trading floor aren't interacting with people on other floors. We don't have guests coming onto the floor. Those are just precautions so that we can limit the likelihood that there is an outbreak. If there is an outbreak, we can clean the floor and reopen pretty quickly as well. Uh, So that's something we're not planning to close the floor uh, at this time. But as you mentioned, we could and we could trade fully electronically. And we got to let you go. But in the event that the floor does 
closed for any period of time. The NYSE can trade electronically. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the yeah. and, the, and the DMMs can open their stocks uh, remotely electronically okay. as well. And so we have those plans. We're not planning to use them at this point. Okay, Stacey, great to see you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Appreciate thanks. that. And remember, we're going to reopen in just about three and a half minutes. I'll be here. Guys, back to you. All right, Bob, thank you. Jim, really quick, uh, Kevin McCarthy, minority leader in the House, just tweeting now the legislation that Pelosi introduced at 11 last night, written by her staff and her staff alone, uh, and plans to vote on just 12 hours later, is not only completely partisan, it is unworkable. I'll explain why at my presser at 10 a.m. Eastern. Are you, are you not, you're not looking to the Hill for answers, are you? No, I, frankly, that's uh, unacceptable on both sides. Uh, I, I just think that it's time. It's time that I have those words. It's time to be able to say, look, we, we, uh, we know that we don't like each other, but let's get together. I mean, look, I'm not asking for, t- for President Reagan to tip O'Neill. That was not a bad time to go out and try to get this things is, together. This is unfortunately a very different time. Well, we have to I mean, change it was, that. It was partisan back then, but there's nothing like, nothing like that. We have of- our tremendously strong country. We are financially the strongest country in the world. We cannot do what we have to do with kits and safety if it's in question that we're not, how can we make it so any bank right now is in trouble when we have a Federal Reserve that can say, you know what, all those credit lines, we're going to guarantee them. We have a federal government that does not need the money right now. I'm not payroll tax, but just say, listen, we're not going to let you pay. You don't have to pay right now. Right. We're going to let this thing go and we're going to solve and conquer the illness like a Manhattan Project. I know the president feels that way. And by the way, David, we are in a situation where we can come out of this stronger than every nation on Earth if we just take the financial issues off. the. And so it's your expectation when when we open for trading again in roughly two minutes that the market is going to start to take into account the possibility that some of the things you mentioned at the open of our show that you feel need to happen will actually come to pass? I think that's an advisable position. You do? Yeah. All right. Well, that's a positive. Well, I'm not... Potentially. I think that there are people uh, at the highest level who are concerned that we have to address these issues. Now, would I like to have the Federal Reserve just come out like in, in 1987, which, by the way, very similar situation. There was nothing wrong. We didn't have a recession. It was just the mechanics of the, at that point, of the stock market was no. defeating us. And it was, so Federal Reserve came out and said, don't worry about liquidity. And after our first day of trading after 9-11, if I recall as well. Right. right. Well, the Dow was at Dow had fallen. The yep. four, it was total chaos. Yep. Some people say it was only 1,100. Jim Stewart's book would indicate that that period was between 1,400 and 1,100 in the Dow. It happened to have been at 2,700 just three weeks before. This is much bigger, obviously, than the stock market. But if the Federal Reserve just came out right now, it's 949, you got about 11 minutes and just say, listen, you know what, we're, 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 do not worry about the liquidity of the system. We've got your back. And then the president says, we don't need to take in all the money. And the Treasury Secretary says the same. They take $500 billion in a bond issue, emergency bond, absolutely nothing, make sure that bills are going to get paid even if you don't pay the federal government so people can keep that money. And then you know what's going to happen? We can focus on kits. We can focus on health. We can focus on the science of it. And we will not worry about our focus company on everybody, not paying us. Everybody doing the behaviors you need to to well, slow or stop it, the spread of the virus. We have heard so many really instances helpful. in the last 24 hours of people doing the wrong thing, but they're worried about getting paid. Or they feel, you know, when a major NBA right. athlete decides, you know what, I'm going to be the Midwest distributor of the coronavirus. <laughs> I do not think that that's an appropriate yeah. way to do business. Carl, I know we're reopening. Uh, we are, guys, in just about 15 seconds. We'll see what happens uh, here as we're at uh, 2549 on the S&P, 21856 on the Dow, uh, not too far, as we said a moment ago, from the 2018 
lows. Uh, and this is now officially the worst week since 2008. Worst week since 2008, that is across the board. Because of an um, illness, Carl, because of an illness, not because we've been profligate, not because we did not do or we did not do our job. We are a hardworking country with unbelievable unemployment that is so strong. It's an illness that's going to take down the S&P 500. We can't let that happen, even well, if I it's mean, just our the, job. The, 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 the. There's the belt, guys. We'll see where we end up. The, the, the snapback on that, though, Jim, is that we went into it running hot, running leveraged, uh, deep in debt, uh, assuming that rates would stay low forever. Well, we could punish. No. It's, absolutely, it's absolutely fair we could punish, but we'd be punishing the working people of the country. They didn't do anything. Uh, we learned it from uh, in 2007 to 2009 that there's two ways to handle it. There's the laissez-faire way, the let them eat cake way. And there's the way we're united as a country. We united as a country, raised money, and we came back strong. I think it's not on, uh, it's between 80, it's an 87-like meets 2007-like, and where leadership can make it so that we are not sitting here saying, you know what, so-and-so company, because of an illness, is closing. Right. Uh, and that is what the market is now grappling with, Carl, as we did at least bounce off the lows so far in the S&P. We'll see where we end up. So much different information. Well, a lack of information in some ways coming. Right. We're dealing, you know, and that has been the case now for weeks. Uh, at the same time, some of the things Jim is mentioning, if they were to come to pass, right. would, would conceivably be seen as real positives, taking pressure off the system. Again, I mean, our, our financial system, you know, the banks are in so much better condition. True. It's nothing uh, like but the condition they are in terms of leverage, in terms of capital issues, in terms of reserves, in terms of everything. So was the Bailey Bank in London. So your point is, if I, everyone, lo- I, gotta, I would like to if see if the numbers of available credit that's not been drawn. I if, would like to know what that number right, but is. But if everybody takes their money um, out, I don't. Pay, I mean, we don't want that. We don't want any company to not be solvent. All right, let's look at another. Let's say it's, let's say it's Jimmy Chill. You know what, David? I like Coca-Cola here. Yeah. yeah, Coca-Cola's good. Verizon, I'm looking at. Right. And you know what? I think works good. I mean, what kind of world is that? We don't want to do that. I mean, that's the advice I can give. I can say, listen, you know, stay, or, you know, stay, stay with the program. But I think that there's things that can be done by the federal government. They can't be done by corporate. They can't be done by industry because no company's now big enough. Now we're, now we're obviously extending our losses. Well, but the, they're extending our well, losses uh, guys, because of an illness. Co- yeah, a couple things. Uh, McConnell's now on the tape, says he sees a smaller. Well, first he says, calls House Democrats coronavirus bill, quote, ideological wish list. Uh, McConnell also sees he seeks smaller, non-controversial coronavirus response legislation. The other headline, guys, uh, Politico is saying that Kudlow talked to Republican leaders this morning and suggests the president, Jim, could sign the Stafford Act today, which would obviously uh, free up a lot of funds uh, to help support the response on the virus. Well, again, that's they need to be a little bigger. I wish they'd done that about uh, but, a month ago. Right, but it's too late for that. But it can be. It's not too late for something very big. Uh, can we get Chairman Powell on? I mean, it's time. I don't know what he's doing, but it's time not yeah, castigate him. And this notion again of the Democrats, it's or the Republicans. I, I, I think it's we're all Americans. Why don't we just like stick together and figure out how to make it so that the S&P 500 does not have to draw down their credit lines? Most companies, I, you know, Carl, you're absolutely right. Was the stock market in euphoria mode? Uh, yes. Uh, do working people uh, lose their job because they're sick because of that? That would be unfortunate. I mean, I'm just trying to think a little bigger than buying Zoom here, which makes sense because we have to well, telecommute. 
I've got, you know, there's two positive narratives this morning, Jim. One is these headlines from the Chinese who say they see this crisis being over by June right. or in June. Mm -hmm. The other is still the remote, uh, admittedly remote possibility that there's a detente between the Russians and the Saudis. We're yep. going to have right. virtual OPEC plus talks. You solve that, the, the, the part two of what Buffett called that one-two punch, yep. and maybe you can find some, some traction. I, I don't think that's wrong. I mean, remember, we, we can go down the path of Occidental, which I still think is an uncertain path, path because they were profligate in taking down uh, Anadarko. Uh, we can make it so the, those, we don't want our shale industry to be prevented. I think we should not be relying on the, uh, uh, on the kindness of those two strangers, and it's the, up to the president to be able to say, you know what? We are energy independent, and we will preserve that independent, even if it means that we have to put a tariff that raises the price of oil in our country. It's a great industry. It's put a lot of people to work. It's created energy independence, and it's got to be preserved and not just relying on Putin, who obviously would like to put our country out of business. I don't necessarily think the Chinese are trying to figure out how to land a hand to us either, by the way, if you want to know who is not trying to help us. I, I don't want the Chinese to come out ahead of us because of an illness. It's just not right. Right. Which, again, means you're demanding and hoping that the government and the Federal Reserve respond well, I accordingly. Can't, I can't demand. I'm sort a TV of, guy, but sort I Sort of uh, ensure the system. Right, but the suggestions I have don't really cost the American people anything versus having the American people effectively worried about their paycheck so they go to work and infect us. We've got right. to have people to be able to make it so that we can beat this thing over. A, you can be flatten the curve, which we know worked in the Spanish flu where we didn't use the St. Louis way of not congregating, not the Philadelphia way of having a 200,000-person war bond where the next day everybody came down with it. Right. We have to do these things. We have to think big. Yep. We have to think big. People in Washington have to think much bigger. I think sometimes if they were out there with the working people, they would realize, holy cow, there's worry about my job, so i got to keep working, even though I'm, I have a temperature of 102 and a dry cough. And by the way, David, can I just say the solution is not, at this point, hand-washing. No, although it's helpful. It's a part. It's, it's key. It, we I all mean, have to hand wash, but I'm saying keep hand beyond hand washing. Without a doubt. Don't, don't discourage wanna, that. We have hand, no, oh, not all. What I meant is we want hand washing at work. We don't want to lose our job. Right. Of right. course, hand wash. I've washed my hands 17 times today. And you should continue to. <laughs> I wore gloves to work. I mean, I was someone who tried to shake my hand today. I had the glove on. I just as like, yeah. hey, man, talk to my glove. I'm just, yeah. you know, I just don't, I mean, look, we need personal hygiene. It's very important. But we need the nation to come together, and we need the leaders to be able to come together, and we need the Federal Reserve to tell us liquidity is not a problem. Because, uh, Carl, you look at these companies. Should Carnival Cruise uh, be uh, uh, end? End as an entity. I know they have thousands of people, a lot of them foreign workers. Should it end? I don't think anyone wants it to end. I mean, we have moral casualties of companies that uh, were doing something that were pretty good for the economy even three weeks ago. I just want it to be Jim, so we're not sitting here looking at the demise of the S&P 500. I think, I think people, viewers understand uh, where you're coming from, and, and most of them, I'm sure, agree. How about Mad Money tonight? I have no idea. We will address <laughs> every a, single one. I'm scrapping the whole show. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing you a few times I'm scrapping the whole show. And Mad Money. And we'll just focus on how the S&P 500 should not come and meet its demise because of something that is an yeah. illness. Not because of profligacy and not because the American men and women workforce did anything wrong. But I will just, we'll have some guests. We'll do the usual call, but we, it's an unusual time. And I, I don't want to be alarmist, uh, but it's an unusual time. And we don't want people 
in the government to ignore what's happening in our markets and realize, get together, no rancor. It's just not worth it. Right. Uh, that's why our eyes are peeled uh, on the tape once again. Jim, uh, we'll see you tonight, Thank if you. not before. Let's get to the bond pits. Rick Santelli, uh, at least for the next couple of days at the CME Group in Chicago. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Yeah, it's, it's a very somber day on this trading floor. Uh, the options uh, remain on this trading floor. We know the future is part of the open outcry system moved completely to the computer several plus years ago. But there's a boatload of volume that goes in through the short end contracts like the euro dollars, not the currency, but the short rate. I think the floors and the options and translating to computers, these, these are issues that really are important, not to m- mention the camaraderie and the intensity of how all the information gets synthesized, even in its diminished capacity with humans, all going to at least temporarily be gone. It's going to be difficult. I know there's been lots of conversations regarding the cash markets and how thin or not thin and how wide they get. Listen, I understand and crews are skeletal, people at desk, I know Kramer brought it up earlier, but I think it's very impressive considering the moves, especially in the long end yesterday. Look at a two-day of twos and realize we're down 11 basis points, but even at 42 basis points, we're double what the lows were at 24 intraday on Monday. Look at a two-day of tens. You know, we're now down, what, to over 20 basis points in tens because the long end really surged yesterday. It sold off rates, popped up. Remember, our lowest close is 54, our lowest intraday trade is 31. Here we sit at 66. The long bond, the 30-year, made it all the way up to 138, 139 yesterday. If you look at what's going on in Bruins, they're actually up a basis point. You can see they turned up a bit. Now, many expected that Christine Lagarde was going to be more aggressive. I personally didn't. What are they going to do? Going more negative isn't going to solve anything. And even though still minus 71.72 is big, you can see it's not the most negative. It actually turned around a bit. Finally, their currency, choppy, volatile, wild, holding on to some of its recent gains. But if you look at a year to date of the dollar index, a week to date, I'm sorry, you can really see that we've popped up dramatically between Monday and today. 97.07, being over 97 when we were under 95 briefly on an intraday basis. So the dollar index clearly the winner in terms of its intensity. But on the interest rate front, 30-year bond auction today is going to be something you really want to pay attention to. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.